This is the Better Wealth Podcast with Caleb Williams. This is chapter four. Congratulations for keep listening. I guarantee you this is going to be an amazing, amazing section. All right. So the chapter title is called Uninterrupted Compounding. And, and I'll say this, since writing this book, I've gotten really, 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 really clear on the importance of lifetime compounding. I say uninterrupted compounding, lifetime uninterrupted compounding. Like, oh my goodness, like we need to commit, like you need to promise me right now, like promise me this, that we want to commit. If we're going to commit to a compounding strategy, we need to commit to a lifetime uninterrupted, meaning there's no interruptions that are going to happen to our money for the rest of our life. And if you can commit to that, there are strategies that allow you to do that. It's going to be very, very, very powerful. Kind of going back to E equals MC squared, we're going into the first C. So get excited. This is C number one is compounding. Now, really, the power of compounding is this amazing thing. Now, I sort of quote, I say, Albert Einstein is noted for saying that compound interest is the eighth one of the world. It's since in writing this, I've realized that he never said that. He was actually misquoted for saying that compounding numbers is this like exponential eighth wonder of the world thing. But here's the deal. Compound interest is amazing because it's a long-term exponential thing. Let me define what compounding actually is. It's, it's where your money, there's like three things that go into compounding. It's where your money will grow and so your money experience interest rate over a long period of time. And what happens is the interest that you earn on your money that you put in gets added to that account. And then next year, that interest is not only earned on the money that you put in, but it's earned on that interest. And every single year, you're earning interest on not only an ever, you're just earning interest on an ever increasing principal. So that 4% on your original amount, that 4% is going to go a long ways 20 years from now. Okay, 30 years from now. 50 years from now. So compounding is this amazing thing. It really takes money, takes interest rate, and it takes time. This is kind of considered this eighth wonder of the world. But but And to illustrate the eighth wonder of the world, I want to talk about an extreme example, which I'll call the penny example. Now, the penny example is, is really this. I come to you and say, all right, I'm going to give you a million dollars today, or I'm going to double the penny for the next 30 days. And whatever that number is, after doubling for 30 days, you can get, what would you choose? Now, most people, if they're being honest, would choose a million dollars and run. But because you're listening to this book and you know that there's a catch or an example here, you probably take the doubling penny. That doubling penny is essentially going to grow to over 5.3 million. And in the book, I talk, I, sh- I show a graph and it, like you can see like, you know, day one, you have a penny. Day two, you have two, four, eight. Like you get all the way, like you get through, what is this? 12 days, 13, 14 days and you haven't even broke a hundred. But, but again, exponentially your, your doubling number, it's just, it's just really, really powerful. So, um, you get to 5.3 million bucks. Now, if we just stop there, I'm like, okay, that, that proves to you that, you know, this is an amazing thing, but really the reason I'm writing this is so many people might turn their brain off and they say like, oh, like I'm getting compound growth, but they're, the problem is most people are never, ever, ever going to get the compounding growth working for them, period. Like the power, this powerful exponential growth of compounding is not going to be working for most people because of what I call compounding killers. And 
I I literally have a <laughs> title in in within this chapter of don't disrespect the eighth wonder. I highlighted it so I would remember to say it. And it's like most people will never have this amazing thing because they're disrespecting the eighth wonder of the world. They're disrespecting the long-term compound growth. They're literally killing the goose that's laying the golden egg. Whether it's investment loss, taxes, fees, the use of money, regardless of what that is. Remember we talked about wealth transfer? Like we're transferring wealth away and that doesn't just have a cost today. It has a cost long-term. And understanding compound interest and the power of it, when we lose money and that's never able to compound, that's how we understand true opportunity cost. Sorry that I'm getting excited, but it's like this really ticks me off when people like don't get this working for them because it's such an amazing thing and it's a no-brainer. We can, there are strategies out there that can get you this. You just got to know, you just got to have the knowledge to take advantage of it. And so again, let's look at this. Here is a quick review on the wealth transfers. Losses. Every time you lose a dollar, you don't just lose that dollar, you lose it, that dollar could earn the rest of your life. What are Warren Buffett's two rules? Don't lose your money and listen to rule number one. Number two, taxes. Man, like so many people are going to lose their shirt on taxes, whether it's now or in the future. Understand that there's risk and that this could be the biggest wealth transfer that you experience in your life. Number three is fees. Not only do you have fees, um, you know, impede on growth, but it, it works against you as you make more money. Like the more, it's like a, it's like a silent tax. The more money you make, um, the more money you have, the more you're taxed. And finally, it's the use of money. Anytime you use a dollar, whether it's a good thing, maybe it's an investment, maybe it's to invest in a marketing strategy or buy a car or go on that vacation. Every time you use a dollar, you don't just lose that dollar, you lose what that dollar could earn you the rest of your life. That's math. And so here's the deal. Let's, let's expand the penny example. Like, let's, let's say, I'm going to try to read this because I'm going to mess this up. So let's imagine that the, that the three times, so, so what I'm going to pretty much do is, in this penny example, there's nothing working against you. Let's assume there's something working against you. So um, this exponential amazing thing, okay, so let's first of all imagine the next 30 days, day 5, 15, and 25, your penny does not double. This represents the loss that you'll have. Now, that we're not, it's not negative, but your penny's not doubling. Um, the, you're going to find that your 5.3 million bucks is going to drop to 670,000. Now I'm rounding to the nearest number because I don't think the nearest dollar really matters, but your $5.3 million drops to $670,000. Only three times of your money not doubling. This re- We're not even losing money, but this is representing every time you have a loss, you reset that compounding curve. Now let's also consider taxes. In the same example, you pay a 15% tax on the growth of your money. This 15% tax would be reduced your account from 5.3 million to a little over half a million to be $559,000 to be exact. A 15% tax that every every time instead of getting 100%, you're getting 85%. Drops your money from 5.3 million to a little over half a million. It's crazy. Now let's assume you have a 2% fee, okay? Now this is this is only a 2% fee, okay? We're only taking 2% of your 100% every single um, time. That 2% fee would take your account from 5.3 million to 2.9 million bucks. Let's just let's round up to three. It eats up it eats up over 2.3 million dollars, just a two percent fee. I, I need that to sink in. Now, here's the deal. Most people don't just experience one of these things. They experience losses, taxes, fees, and they also experience use. But I if I put that, it would have a negative number. So I'm just gonna assume that you never want to use your money, even though that's why you're doing this in the first place. But let's assume that you have losses, taxes, and fees. You have, you know, three times that penny doesn't double, you have a fifteen percent tax on the growth, and you have a two percent fee. Your five point three million dollars would drop down to a little over fifty one thousand dollars. 
So let me ask you, <laughs> would you take the million dollars? See, see, we judge the person that took a million bucks. Let's be honest. Like we're like, oh, like they don't understand what's going on, but they're the true winners because what I didn't tell you is in this penny example, you had, you, there were three times where your money wasn't going to double. There's a 15% tax and a 2% fee. My point is in our own money, we have this working against us whether you want to call it headwinds, whether you want to call it compound eroders, which is, I think, a word that I made up, or compound killers. There, there are so many things that are going after and attacking our money and not giving us the ability to have it grow. This next section, I call it compared to what? I want to give uh, credit to Todd Langford because Todd Langford is the owner and author, uh, or not author, but he's the owner of Truth Concepts Calculator. And I've learned so much from this guy. Like, I've gotten my finance and, and money from Todd, and I'm super grateful for this. So, Todd, I'm not sure if you're ever going to listen to this, um, but thank you. And so, he pretty much says, okay, when we talk about a 4% rate of return, like I'll, I'll just say, like, let's assume we could earn 4%. A lot of people will say, oh, 4% is terrible. And the answer that Todd comes back with is compared to what? Like, it's terrible compared to what? So, like, oh, well, compared to the average, the averaging what I'm getting in my 401k. Okay, well, we'll take an example. And, and by the way, I picked this 19-year-old 19 period of time over the S&P. The S&P, for those of you that don't know, is just the, the 500 largest uh, stocks. And, and it's a common strategy to just invest in the S&P, just buy a low-cost, low-fee index fund. And I will say this, if you're just going, if you're set on the stock market, this, this is typically the best approach is to put your money in an index fund. But let's say we're going to take an example, and I'm trying to figure out where this from. We're going to take a time period from 1998 to 2016. Okay, it's a 19-year time period. And we're, the reason I picked this time period is that's where the S&P averaged 8%. Okay, now what we're going to do is we're going to look at the same example of the actual rate of return. So in, instead of, of looking like we're, we're now going to factor in, okay, it averaged 8%, but the actual rate of return, when you look at over that time, if you had $100 invested or $1,000 invested, you would have, you would only have earned 6.45%. So I know we're talking about a lot of numbers here, but let's say over the 19 year period of time, you put in a thousand bucks. If you had your, if you had 8% that return every single year, you would have $4,316, okay? But if you put your money $1,000 over that 19-year period of time, instead of having $4,316, you would only have $3,278 because the actual rate of return was 6.45%, okay? Number two, we're gonna look at taxes. We're gonna assume that you have to pay 15% taxes. Now, instead of having 4.3 or $4,316, your money would have dropped down to $2,446 when you assume adding on a 15% tax bracket. Now your actual rate of return is 4.82%. And that, again, we're including 6.54% that your actual rate of return, and then we're including the 15%. So that brings it down to 4.82%. All right, now we're going to include a 2% fee, which drops that 4.8% down to 2.94%. In summary, you would, instead of having $4,316 if your average was real, you now have a total of $1,734. I need that to sink in because so many of us are toting, oh yeah, we're averaging this and we're actually not getting anywhere close to that. So let me ask you, is 4%, is that good or bad? Well, I'm not going to go out and say it's amazing, but compared to this, if you had this scenario and you were saying, oh, the S&P averaged 8%, that's way better than 4%. Well, compared to what? 
what if that 4% was tax-free after fees and that wasn't, wasn't, you know, subject to loss? That 4% may be better. And so this is what I really want you to commit to. I wrote down eight things to think about for this chapter. Will your money be safe as it earns lifetime compounding? Number two, do you have a strategy to best use your money without hurting its lifetime growth? Number three, does your money have any guarantees to get lifetime compounding? Number four, how are fees being factored in to your wealth? Number five, if your lifetime compounding potential impacted by government, well, okay, is your lifetime compounding potential impacted by government or regulation? Number six, is lifetime compounding passive or does it take active management? Because by the way, one thing I didn't add in this chapter, so a lot of people that mess it up, like if you try to get involved, emotion gets in the way. Number seven, will your lifetime compounding continue to grow if someone something happens to you like a disability or death? Number eight, how will taxes present or future affect your lifetime? compounding. Man, if you have an answer to all eight of those, that would be awesome. I'm going to end with this idea of our world being flat because I know that's going to keep have you keep listening. But there's there's a difference between earning versus paying and like we have to understand, you know, I talked about the power of compound growth and then we have to look at, you know, simple interest versus amortized interest. And just real quick, simple interest is when your money is like earning, like if you have a thousand bucks and you're going to earn 4%, you're going to earn 4% on that thousand bucks and the next year you're going to earn 4% on that thousand bucks. It's not an exponential growth. Amortized interest is when you're actually paying money and that four, you have a thousand bucks, but you're actually paying for it. So that thousand dollars is going decreasing in value. So, you know, scenario number one, your interest is 40,000 or 40, $40, but maybe 10 years from now, your 4% is on a hundred because you're paying that down. And now you're your 4% is actually um, $4, okay? So it's just an example of a decreasing interest rate. The example that I want to give and end this is asking the question, is the world flat or round? And the reason I, I mention this or and bring this up is so many people are, well, let me, I mean, it's obviously the world's round. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to leave you hanging. Like, I believe the world is round. But you could prove to me or I could prove to you that the world's flat depending on how we measure. Like I could go outside. I, I'm recording this from Denver, Colorado, but I could go outside and I could find a flat piece of earth, even in Denver, and say, listen, these two feet are flat, completely flat. This proves that the world is flat, which in that, using that logic, you would be correct. But if you zoom out, it's obvious that the world is round. My point is this, is so many people when they think of compound uh, lifetime compound strategies, they don't want to commit to the lifetime piece. They see compound growth, but they don't want to commit to a, long, a long-term strategy. And if we just look at short-term, compounding doesn't seem that impressive. There may It might not even look that key. But if, I promise you, if you commit to this thing being long-term, it's going to pay massive dividends for you. It's going to be, it's going to totally pay off. And so again, the world is round, but it depends on how you measure it. If we're measuring com- a compounding strategy, let's make sure that we have a long-term perspective as it relates to our money. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. Make sure you press subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or your favorite podcast player.